We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for 4-19-2008. And today we're going to be doing a study entitled, The Church of Oprah Exposed. And we're also going to be relating this to her New Age ties, um, many different areas, and also her ties to Obama, and some very, very interesting points about some things that have been happening at uh, a lot of his speeches, the mass healings and things of this nature that are actually being documented now. So, what I'm going to do to start this off is to play a, essentially the audio of a video on YouTube uh, called The Church of Oprah Exposed. This is actually the revised version. It's 8 minutes and 50 seconds. And I'm going to be playing this, and as we go along, I'm going to be stopping it along the way and interjecting Bible verses, uh, commentary, um, in regard to shed some more light on this particular subject. I've also done several other teachings on this subject with Oprah, but when I saw the information in this, this got into some things that I hadn't previously got into before, and um, it's just unbelievable how many people this particular woman is affecting. And I know she's working with a lot of other people, but um, very, very sobering information. So I'm going to go ahead and start the video right now. Have you heard about the largest church in the world? The first service was March 3rd, 2008, with an attendance of over 300,000. The attendance is now over 2 million, and they conducted the first ever mass trance on March 17th, 2008. Okay, let's stop there. So, those are some staggering numbers that we're getting into here. Um, there's no person on the earth, including Benny Hinn or any of these others, that's probably reaching more people on a daily basis than Oprah. Although these were some pretty big numbers they were talking about, 2 million, in regard to this church that she has. Um, there's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek with this, but currently, on an everyday basis, she's reaching anywhere from 15 to 20 million people every day. Primarily via her TV show. Uh, she also is up on XM Radio and doing some other things as well, uh, you know, books and things of this nature that she's promoting. And so she's really reaching into the millions every single day. And that's why I say, and, and why I've been emphasizing her quite a bit, because she really um, is probably the poster child for the coming New World Order and the coming One World Religion and the coming Antichrist. She is... I believe she's going to have a lot to do with ushering in that whole particular scenario. So let's go ahead and go back to the video now. And in the video they're saying, they're asking the question now, what do they teach as far as what does her religion or the religions that she's espounding teach? What do they teach? Who you are requires no belief. Heaven is not a location, but refers to the inner realm of consciousness. The man on the cross is an archetypal image. He is every man and every woman. So Jesus Christ is essentially embodied in every man and every woman. With that, what we also get is essentially that salvation is found within each and every one of us. Not through Jesus Christ. There are many ways. The Bible talks about broad is the way which leadeth to destruction. And narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal. Few there be that find it. In Oprah's Gospel... Um, and the gospel of the people that she's surrounding herself with is a very, very inclusive gospel that does not offend. God is a God of love. In fact, we are God, and we are our own gods. And it's very appealing. It's the same lie that the serpent said to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Yea, you shall be as gods if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of, good, uh, knowledge of good and evil. So, it's the same old lie that Satan told Eve back in the Garden of Eden. It's just been repackaged a little bit differently. We'll go back to the video. The leader's website teaches these lessons. My mind is part of God's. I am very holy. My holiness... Now, the Bible says, For we are all together as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. So our best day, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is like a filthy rag in God's sight. But they're saying that we're very holy. Again, it's this, this whole appealing to the flesh, that we are wonderful people, and we deserve this and these types of things. The next point is my holiness is my salvation. In other words, because I'm such a good person, that's actually my salvation. Which is essentially the whole premise and crux of works-based religion. 
thinking that you can work your way to heaven. But the Bible says, for you're saved by grace through faith, faith in Jesus Christ, and not not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And that's what this is. It's boasting in self. We'll go further. This is my salvation. My salvation comes from me. Again, my salvation comes from me? Come on. Uh, That's a lie from the pit of hell. But it's a very ear-tickling, appealing thing to embrace as well. Me remember that there is no sin. Do not make the pathetic error. Of- the Bible, again, with this whole particular um, theology, there's no sin. Then the next point is, do not make the pathetic error of clinging to the old rugged cross. Obviously, an attack on Jesus Christ. And it's kind of funny that these New Age religions and, and um, the coming One World religion and essentially all other religions seems like they always, if they're going to attack anything, they always attack Bible-believing Christianity in the Bible. They don't typically, Buddhism doesn't particularly attack Hinduism and Taoism, and Catholicism doesn't seem to attack other, because all of those religions are really going to be coming onto the same page very shortly. That is happening globally, with a lot of the different religions tearing down barriers, tearing down walls toward one another, and saying, hey guys, can't we all just get along? Can't we all, you know, get on the same playing field? You know, it's all about unity and love and these types of things. Um, whereas Bible-believing Christianity, um, there's a lot of, uh, of, of defining separatist things in Bible-believing Christianity in the New Testament that would make itself distinct from that model. Let's go a little bit further. Of, quote, clinging to the old rugged cross, unquote. The only message of the crucifixion is that you can overcome the cross. Have you heard of the... We can overcome the cross as though the cross is this terrible thing. I mean, I understand it was the instrument upon which Jesus Christ was crucified. But by saying that, what it's really saying is that we can overcome this whole salvation thing, this exclusivity through Jesus Christ. Remember, the Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said that. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This exclusivity, they're saying, can be overcome. In other words, it's not true. The questioning the word of God. Which is, again, you know, what, what Satan did in the Garden of Eden. It's the exact same scenario. Okay, so going further. This church, or maybe its leader, years ago she denied Jesus is the only way. One of the mistakes that human beings make is believing that there is only one way to live. And that we don't accept that there are diverse ways of being in the world. That there are millions of ways to be a human being. Okay, and again, if you don't know, this is Oprah talking during one of her talk shows. And she's saying there's millions of ways. Which is exactly millions of ways. But what she's saying is to wherever you're trying to get nirvana, heaven, not hell. Okay? The Bible confirms there are broad, broad is the way which leads to destruction, you know, and many there be the go thereat. And all that she is is a mouthpiece and a tool used mightily of Satan to do his bidding and to put out his doctrine. That's all she's doing. She is of her father the devil, and of his works she will do. By their fruits you shall know them. Well, we're looking at her fruit. Her fruit is rotten. Her doctrine is satanic. This woman is going to be responsible for untold millions of people burning in hell and in the lake of fire. That's the bottom line. Okay? So, what she's doing is as satanic as you could possibly be. And as subtle as you could possibly be as well. Because she has her wonderful show where she goes and she gives away gifts and cars and does all these things for these people and and comes off as this wonderful person, this wonderful humanitarian. And she has all these people that follow her and essentially hang on her every word and revere her like a goddess. And the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, in Jeremiah 17.5, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. When you follow a man, or a woman, um, and you put them as your preeminent figure in your life, whether you look to them as a savior or whatever, that, that they can do no wrong, you're putting your trust in them, and you're bringing a curse upon yourself, according to Jeremiah 17.5. So let's see further... She gets into kind of an argument with uh, 
appears to be a born-again Christian in her audience here. Many paths to what you call God. That and her path might be something else, and when she gets there, she might call it the light. But her loving and her kindness and her generosity, brings her. if it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter. Again, that's works-based religion, loving kindness. You know, there's that expression, the road to hell was paved with good, with good intentions. There's a lot of people that are very, very nice, were nice people in this life from a, uh, a temporal or worldly standpoint. And they're burning in hell this day because they actually put their trust in that very thing. Well, I'm basically a good person. I don't think a loving God would send a person like me to hell. Well, all that really matters is what does the word of God say. And you have to obey the rule book and obey God's law and his way in order to get saved. Okay? Um, and when I say law, I don't mean to, to say we're under the law. But the tenets of the Bible in regard to the New Testament, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We're going to go into those verses a little bit more in a second. Let's continue listening here. Whether she called it God along the way or not. And I guess the danger that could be in it, I mean, it, it sounds great on the onset, but if you really look at both sides, I it could possibly be just one way. What, what about Jesus? What about Jesus? This lady's saying there is one way and only one way, and Oprah's saying there couldn't possibly be only one way. Why? Because she thinks in her heart that there can't be. Because God, her God, the one that she's envisioned in her head, would never do that because she's judging God by her own standards. But God's ways, remember, are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. We don't make up the rules. We're created in His image. We're His creation. We don't dictate to the Creator how things are to be done. But man, in his prideful, sinful attitude, that's what he wants to do. He wants to dictate and mandate who God is in his own head. He wants God to be the big guy in the sky, or this heavenly bellhop that comes at his bidding. And it doesn't work that way. So she's in this confrontation right now. It appears with a born-again Christian. Only one way, and that is Today she has again. She says she just keeps saying there couldn't possibly be the why, because you say, and that's what she said. Because you say, are you God? Evidently, she feels as though she is. She's bought into the big lie. This next scene they show, where it shows these people walking off a cliff, which is essentially what Oprah's doing. She's like the Pied Piper leading these people off a cliff. The Bible talks about if the blind leadeth the blind, then they'll both fall in a ditch. And that's essentially what's happening here. Turned her millions of adoring fans over to New Age doctrine. Christians are letting this into their homes and are being deceived. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to week number three of our New Earth web class. And again, I um, thank you. Now, this part here is in regard to... Uh, her New Earth web class. She's got a online teaching online where she really goes a lot further with her indoctrination methods. Um, and not only does she have her XM radio, but she's got this thing online. And this is where we get in this Eckhart Tolle uh, particular guru, one of the many gurus that she espouses to. Now remember, I've done several teachings on Oprah where we talk about the secret and the Course in Miracles. And now this Eckhart Tolle guy. So she has got her fingers in every New Age genre, essentially, that's coming down the pike. So this is an excerpt from that. Thank you, Eckhart Tolle, thank you for joining us as we bring students and seekers together to discuss our latest book club selection, Eckhart Tolle's... We did something last week that was uh, unprecedented. You said it's never been done before on television where you just sit there in silence. I, I, and I thought a lot of people responded to the sense of connection from that. So you want to do that again? Yes. Let's do that again. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you're going to lead us in silence. And okay. simply become aware that you are breathing. The air flows in and out and you feel yourself breathing. Air flows in and out of the body. Okay, now the, the video here goes on to say each class starts with a mass trance, which is essentially the case. We're starting here with a mass trance. This is the whole concept of transcendental meditation, which really was brought to the forefront by the guru of the Beatles. 
And I saw a documentary on this not too long ago on how this guru came and um, uh, essentially really, really influenced the Beatles. Um, many, many of their songs that they made were actually written when they were at his retreat in India and these types of things. And uh, it all seems real nice and, and you're relaxing and getting in touch with your inner child or whatever, but it's demonic. It's opening your mind up to the spirit world, and I don't mean in a good way. Okay, They're doing this for a reason, because they're trying to infest people demonically as much as possible. That's the reason they're doing these mass transcendental meditations. They're trying to prepare the way for the coming Antichrist. They're basically trying to usher him in. There's a lot of New Age movements, uh, particularly with the, uh, the one that I did, if you want to check it out, on the Lucius Trust and the United Nations, where they're actually doing this invocation prayer, where they're doing this mass prayer to invoke, essentially, the Antichrist to come to power. Now, they're calling him Lord Maitreya, or the World Teacher. Okay? Um, but, essentially, it's the Antichrist. They're trying to invoke this Antichrist spirit into being. And uh, it's basically, if you really want to boil it down, it's mass witchcraft. And we know, by reading the Bible in Daniel, where the Bible says that the Antichrist is going to cause craft to prosper in his hand, the one coming one world religion, the essence of it, is going to be witchcraft. That, that should really be of no surprise. And this is what they're trying to indoctrinate through things like this, through things like Harry Potter, um, and they're going to do it, try to do it in a subtle, nice way that seems wonderful and unoffensive and these types of things. But um, this is how uh, she's, she's doing this. So let's go back to the video. They're meditating. In reading books such as Tolly's, I've really op it's really opened my eyes up to a new way of thinking, a new form of spirituality that doesn't always align with the teachings of Christian Christianity. So my question is to you, Oprah, how have you reconciled these spiritual teachings with your Christian belief? I've reconciled it because I was able to open my mind about the, um, the absolute indescribable hugeness of that which we call God. Um, I took God out of the box because I grew up in the Baptist church and there were, you know, rules and, you know, belief systems and doctrine. And... What a terrible thing. Rules and belief systems and doctrine. Oh, my word. I mean, you know, I can't imagine it's anything more horrific. I'm being, you know, sarcastic here, but... Essentially, what she's saying is she's taking God out of the box. It's it's now it's Oprah's God. It's her interpretation of the way she wants God to be, because see, the God of the Bible is not what she wanted. So now we have these New Age gurus that come along and give her another Jesus and another God. But the Bible talks about them that if any man cometh and bringeth another gospel, let him be accursed. So again, uh, when when you have this going on, you're dealing with a lot of um, things where, where you're actually bringing a curse upon yourself if you go into this type of philosophy. And here we have a woman asking her these questions, and I think that she appears to be somewhat of a pseudo-Christian. She's asking her these questions, how do you reconcile, you know, after I read Elkhart Tolley's book, now this is the guy that's doing um, this um, meditation show with her on the internet, and how you reconcile your Christian beliefs with this. And this is what she's asking Oprah. And, um, you can't reconcile them. That's the problem. See, Oprah's long since thrown out the Bible if she ever adhered to it at all. Okay, Because you cannot serve two masters. And that's what it would require to do. You cannot bow the knee to Baal and bow the knee to God. You can't do it. And when you want to embrace this New Age stuff, this Elkhart told hey, you have a free will. You can do that. Can Nobody can force you. Nobody can kick the door down to your heart. Okay, God can't do that either. Okay, But... When you do that, you're making the choice to bow the knee to Baal. And that's what they're willfully doing, and they're trying to get other people to do it as well. Because misery loves company. And the demons that are guiding these people know this. And their goal, their one goal, is to get as many people into the lake of fire as possible, ultimately. What could, what could be obviously be the, the ultimate long-term goal? They know they're going there. 
So what do they have to really live for? These demonic entities and fallen angels and these types of things. The only thing they can try to do is take as many of us down with them. That's their, that's their only sick, twisted motivation. And they work through people. That's typically how they work. Remember, the Bible says in Ephesians 6 that we battle not against flesh and blood. So we're not battling against Oprah, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places, these types of things. And that's why it's, why it's so important to put on the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil and a lot of the other Christian things that we need to do that I don't really have time to get into in this particular teaching, but I've got into in times past. Um, so you can do keyword searches up on my website for, for these types of things. So let's go further. This is this, we're still in the middle of this question that was asked Oprah. And um, I happened to be um, sitting in church in my late 20s, and I was going to this church where you had to get there at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, or you couldn't get a seat, and a very uh, charismatic minister, and everybody was just, you know, into the sermon. And uh, this great uh, minister was preaching about how great God was and how omniscient and omnipresent and God is everything. And then he said, and the Lord thy God is a jealous God. And I was, you know, caught up in the rapture of that moment until he said jealous. And something struck me. Just, and I was like, uh, I think about 27 or 28. I was thinking, God is all, God is omnipresent, God is all. And God's also jealous. Jealous. God is jealous of me. Um, and something about that didn't didn't feel right in my spirit because I believe that God is love and that God is in all things. And so that's when the the, the search for something more than doctrine uh, started to stir within me. And I love this quote that uh, Eckhart has. Uh, this is one of my favorite quotes in uh, chapter 1, where he says, Man made God in his own image. The eternal, the infinite, and unnameable was reduced to a mental idol that you had to believe in and worship as my God or our God. Jesus says, you are the... Well, again, what a lie from the pit of hell there. Um, so evidently what the epiphany that Oprah had at this church that she was at when she was 27 or 28 was that what really struck her and rubbed her the wrong way evidently was when she came to the realization that the Bible says that God is a jealous God. That didn't fit in with her interpretation of what she thought God should be. As though God is just supposed to be one emotion and that's love. Well, that's the most palatable thing for humanity because a God that's all loving, well, what, it, what does that imply? That implies that you can live like the devil, do whatever you want, you're still going to go to heaven. It doesn't really matter because God's going to love you always unconditionally at, at no, you know, at no price. But the Bible also talks about that God is a God of judgment. See, He's like us. He has different emotions and different things. We're created in His image, as she said. This is true. Okay, but God is also a God of judgment. And unless your sins are covered under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be judged. In, in other words, unless you're saved. Okay? You will be judged, and unfortunately, your destination is hell. And that's what the Bible says. That's not what Scott Johnson says. That's what the Bible says. Okay? For you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift you either freely receive, or you freely reject it. Okay? It doesn't really get any better than that offer. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean that you get saved and you live like the devil afterward. If that's the case, then you probably never were saved. Because the Bible says, Behold, you're a new creature in Christ when you get saved. All things, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. So these aren't things that we should try to wallow in sin. But Oprah wants a God that is this big, encompassing God. It's just love. And you know what? God is a jealous God. And he, ha he should make, be able to make no apologies for that. It's a godly jealousy. Okay? It's not a jealousy like, you know, a lot of times a human would experience as far as, as the way we might react. God's jealousy is perfect. Okay? And if you were, um, let's say, you had a wife and she cheated on you, would you not be jealous of that whole scenario? Well, that's happening right now with the church on a mass scale. Because we've got this church out there that calls themselves Christians, and I don't even believe most of them are. They're playing church. And what ends up happening is, is they're playing the whore. 
like the Bible talks about that a lot of in, in uh, the Bible about Israel in the Old Testament. Not to say we're better, I'm just saying it uses that analogy quite a bit. We're playing the harlot. And if you had a wife or a husband that was playing the harlot, are you to tell me you wouldn't be jealous? Oprah acts as though she's above that emotion. Did you get that? She really acts as though she's above the emotion of jealousy, and her God should also be above the, je- the emotion of jealousy. Again, she's trying to put make God in this image she wants him to be. And we can't have it both ways. So let's go back to the video here. Light of the world. You are the consciousness in which the world appears. I saw all these things, everything. He was saying, this is Alcar Tolle, he was saying that we are the light of the world and we are the consciousness. And As a born-again Christian, yes, you are. Okay? But that is only if you are a born-again Saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. Have you know? Have you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? These types of things. It just doesn't apply to everyone. And the New Agers want to apply this across the board just to everyone. And it's like this. It's like this club that requires no admission fee to get in, no nothing to get in. Whereas true Bible believing Christianity, you know. Remember, you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And the realization that you are a sinner, and that all righteousness is as filthy rags, these types of things. But they're, they're trying to present this, or paint this picture that, no, it's just, everybody is going to be grandfathered in regardless. So let's go further. It's going up in flames, and... This is on the film? In the film. Okay. And they suddenly found, was becoming more and more peaceful and, and present inside, those intensity of aliveness, as if inside... Something was saying inside me, there is no death. There is, but that's an interpretation. Okay, again, here's another lie from the pit of hell, and one you'll hear very, very frequently in the New Age movement. If you think about it, the one thing that all of us would have to fear more than anything apart from the Lord Jesus Christ is death, because that would equate to hell if you were not saved. He's saying that there is no death. Okay? Um, now, granted... Physical death doesn't mean spiritual death in, in regard to the spirit and these types of things live on. That's true, okay? Um, but there's no hell in their equation whatsoever, even though the Bible is very clear on the subject of hell, okay? But in their interpretation, that is not the case. So I just wanted to clarify that. So the entire universe is permeated by that consciousness, by life which is another word for God. God. Uh, I don't see God as an entity that is in a particular place somewhere, Uh but as the essence, the the intelligence, the animating life essence behind all life forms. Okay, again, a lie from the pit of hell. Granted, God is omnipresent, omniscient, you know, all-knowing, these types of things. But God is an entity. There's God the Father, God the Son, you know, the Holy Spirit, these types of things. So... These are something that, that is very, very important to understand because if it's just this ethereal force, again, you can just throw the Bible out the door because it does not line up with the Word of God. Uh, the Bible talks about testing the spirits and these types of things in the, New, in the New Testament. you know, And it's very easy to test the spirits. Okay, All you have to do is compare what a person or a spirit just compare it to the Word of God. If it does not line up with the Word of God or confirm it, then it's not of God. It's a lying and deceitful spirit. And there's many out there, and they would just love to deceive you. Let's go further. It's the eternal. The totality. Yes. It's the totality. You see God. You're saying that God is, your idea of God, is the totality of the essence of all life form. Yes, and ultimately, you are not separate. So you believe what happens to us at death when the body dies? You don't don't have a belief. I don't give it any thought. You don't. I know there is no death. You know there is no death. (laughs) There is no such thing as my life. Again, he knows there is no death. Well, is he God? Evidently, he feels as though he is. 
And if we're to follow this man, which I would highly advise you not do unless you want to go to hell, then we're going to think the same thing he does. Why? Because he's some author Oprah has given the seal of approval on. This is why it's so dangerous, particularly in the day and time we're living, to trust anything but the Word of God, the King James Bible. Don't trust. Don't trust me. Don't unless what I'm saying or doing or anyone out there is not lining up with the Word of God. Because see, man is fallible. We're all fallible. You know, the Bible says that we see through a glass, but darkly. And none of us have it all figured out in every way, shape, and form. Okay. So just compare what's being said to the Word of God. Now, really, what makes my job so easy is in the end times we're, we're living in, it's getting so flagrant. It's making my job actually very easy because there's so much apostasy and flagrant heresy out there that it's really not much of a challenge. I, I mean, it's, it's a challenge to keep up with it all. And I don't say that in a prideful way, but it, it, it's overwhelming. All you got to do is compare it to the Word of God. But that's what most Christians don't do because they're following some man and they're reading some perverted Bible version that's been leavened. And that's a whole other subject that I've covered in previous teachings. So let's go further here. And I don't have a life. I am life. I and life are one. It cannot be otherwise. So how could I lose my life? How can I lose something that I don't have in the first place? How can I lose something that I am? It is impossible. So what is happening here is, I just got it. Hello, hello, hello. Bing, 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 bing. I got it. We are confusing um, the I am life force with our body. God in the essence of all... And she uses that word I am, life force. Um, this innate life force that um, evidently uh, governs the universe that is not really like God that we think of. It's just this force that's there. And we are gods, you know, just like that force. And that's the big lie that they're wanting you, you know, to believe in here. Consciousness isn't something to believe. God is. Yes. God is. And God is a feeling experience, not a believing experience. Right. And if and if your that your religion is a believing experience, if God for you is still about a belief, then it's not truly God. No, that's what. You're oh, what a lie from the pit of hell that was! I think that was the big doozy of everything that she said so far. So, in other words, if our religion, according to Oprah, is about belief, then it's not God. That is ludicrous. I mean. What she's basically saying is that you don't believe it, it's a feeling. Okay, now what is that, what is she basically saying there? Trust your heart. That's the essence of what she's saying, because the heart is the seat of emotions, it's where we feel from. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about the heart, and let's just read a little bit about that. Deuteronomy 11, 16-18 says, Take heed to yourselves, that your heart be not deceived. And you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. When your heart gets deceived, you will turn aside and serve other gods, just like Oprah and just like her followers. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. And he shut up heaven, that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Therefore shall ye lay up these words, these my words, in your heart and soul. Proverbs 14.12 and 16.25 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. See, all this seems right, but the end thereof essentially is hell. Proverbs 28, 26. You know, I'd like to go on Oprah's uh, show and quote this verse. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, Oprah. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. So don't trust in your own heart. Because your heart will deceive you. And how do you know if your heart is deceiving you? Compared to the word of God. If it doesn't line up with the, what the word of God says, it's... Your heart's trying to deceive you. Okay, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things. That's a pretty powerful statement. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Proverbs 18, 2 says, A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. Well, that's like, you know... That verse applies to Oprah very very well, and to her followers. The fool hath no delight in understanding. 
but that his heart may discover itself. It's all about the heart and feelings and go with your heart and do this and that. That's what Hollywood tells us. Proverbs 18.2 All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. That's why they can say these blasphemous statements like, we are holy and we are this and we are that apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they believe they're clean in their own eyes. But then the Bible goes on to say, the Lord weigheth the spirits. So, these are some verses to think about when you're hearing this blasphemous heresy that Oprah's trying to put forth. Let's go further. But that's not all. She's entered the political arena by endorsing a candidate for president. The New Age teacher giving lessons on her website, Marianne Williamson, has started an organization called the Peace Alliance to establish a U.S. Department of Peace. What can we do? Spread the word and... Okay, now, this Marianne Williamson, I've talked about her quite a bit in previous teachings. I had not talked about Elkhart Tolley very much, and we're going we're gonna to touch upon the Obama thing later. Um, but this Marianne Williamson, when she talked about this U.S. Department of Peace, I had never heard of this, even though I had researched her quite a bit. I'm going to read this. It's an excerpt from Lighthouse Trails Research. And um, starting here... It says, Warren Smith, in his book, Reinventing Jesus Christ, talks about the critical mass. He quotes New Ager Marie Williamson. And this is a quote from her book. Quote, So it is that a new politics, that new politics centers around the arousal of that power, using prayer and meditation to create a force field of transformation. It is a mystical revolution that will usher in a mystical age. As a loving, critical mask coalesces, as hearts around the world continue to yearn and work for peace, then new forms will emerge to actualize our new planetary vision. Again, total New Age drivel. But they're talking about using this prayer and meditation to create this force field of transformation. See, there's something going on on a spiritual level here. This is the very reason Harry Potter's here to try to indoctrinate kids to, to you know, put spells on one another and these types of things. If there's enough wickedness and evil and ungodly and unholy prayer and meditation going on, this opens the doors to these demonic entities, thus ushering in, ultimately, the reign of Antichrist. Now, God is on the throne. He's absolutely in control of this. The Lord says that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that He was going to be the one that sends the strong delusion. Okay, so... But these, this is the method by which I believe the Lord's allowing it to happen. Going back to this article, it says, Williamson is not some obscure New Age guru. Today she works diligently in Washington, D.C., rallying for the support of congressmen and others to start a U.S. Department of Peace. Every year she, Walter Cronkite, and other influential individuals and groups grow that much closer to the Department of Peace becoming a reality. And I'm sure this would be some type of offshoot of the United Nations. The question must be asked, will Williamson's critical mass and Rick Warren's critical mass join up together? Because Rick Warren is much on the same path as Oprah is. And will the transformation each of them pushes for become a common goal between them? Absolutely it will. Because we know the one world religion, everybody's going to have to be on the same page. Such a merging would certainly quicken the process for change. From Rick Warren's website, we read, Quote, this is a time which calls for a critical mass of transformational leaders who will commit to creating a synergy of energy within the circle of influence so the new level of social, economic, organizational, and spiritual success can be reached. We have not, however, developed the leaders we need for this noble task. To reach such heights, we will need to untap the leadership potential of skillful leaders who are successful directing various organizations and systems. Some of these men and women knowledgeable and committed to their profession will be the transformational leaders. We will need to create the needed synergy of energy. Boy, you know, I really saw a lot about Jesus Christ in that. And about Jesus Christ being the head and, you know, we're, you know, I didn't see any of that. But again, that's from Rick Warren, so really what can you expect? Um, that is essentially the end of this particular little video. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read a few more Bible verses here that relate to this whole particular subject that we're talking about. Luke 21.8 says, And Jesus said, Take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. 
And the time draweth near, go ye not there after them. Well, they're basically saying, Elkhart Tolle and all these other people that opened them, they're saying that you are the Christ. The Christ is within you, essentially. And granted, yes, there is a Christ that's coming, the Antichrist, and there's going to be many false Christs. And that's why the Bible says, if it be possible, they shall deceive the very elect because of that very reason. This is why you need to equip and arm yourself with this type of information so that you're not deceived. That, if it were, not, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect is Matthew 24, 24. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now this is what happens when you're ignorant of Satan's devices. Granted, it's not something you should go around and dwell on 24-7, but these types of issues are important in the day and times we live in. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. See, a lot of people will say, well, why is it the way it is? Because the God of this world, meaning Satan, has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Matthew 7.15 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Well, we really couldn't have a better example than Elkhart Tolle or, or Oprah. They come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they're ravening wolves. Inwardly, the demons that possess these people and the demons that they're hearing from in their channeling or when it, whatever they're doing with their meditations, those demons' goals are to get you to hell. Or at bare minimum as a Christian, to get you ineffective for, for the Lord. So that, you, so that you, know, you can't do anything for the Lord. Because you have so many demonic problems, because you're being destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6, that you're ineffective. Well, Satan's still accomplishing a, you know, one of his goals there. Titus 1.15b-16 Quote, Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, like al Cartoli, like Oprah, like all the New Agers, they profess they know God. But see, in works they deny Him. In works. Their, their works don't line up with, with the Bible. They don't have the true fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness. These types of things. They're not of a godly sort. They profess they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. See, even their good works, like Oprah's acting as though she's doing all these good things, it's reprobate before God. It's a stench in His nostrils. It's a filthy rag. It had been better that she had never been born. That's the reality of it. 2 Corinthians 11, 13-15 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. I don't know if you noticed that, but they talked, um, mentioned a lot about the light and these types of things. Well, look, name Lucifer means light bearer. And Satan will appear as an angel of light. And it's no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Now, a lot of times we think of this as some apostate Christian pastor. But the thing is, if you think about it, his ministers, who are Satan's ministers? Well, it's not just the ones that are, that are playing church as pseudo-Christians, like Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland and these types of people. It's not just them. Saints ministers are broad. He has a broad clergy. Okay, you have the Unitarians, and, and I would go so far as to go into these other religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, these people that appear like these wonderful things. That guy that I mentioned, um, the, uh, the yogi for the Beatles, you know, the guy appeared as this just wonderful little meek guy that was just so full of peace and all these other things. Well, he appeared as a minister of righteousness. But he was a minister of Satan. That's all he was. Satan can accomplish much more with a person like that than he can some guy that's screaming, going off half-cocked, you know, acting like a wild man. Because the other is so much more subtle. And remember, the Bible said that the serpent was the most subtle beast in the field, and that was the primary way he deceived Eve. And he's no different now. So, it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. 2 Peter 2, 17-19 says, These are wells without water, 
that is such a great example of of Oprah and Elkhart Tolle and this Williamson lady and all these other New Agers. They're wells without water. They act as though they're a well that has this wonderful water to come and drink. But the reality is, is their wells are dry. They have nothing to give you but death. That's all they have. Clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. That's their end. That's what they have to look forward to. The midst of darkness forever. And then the lake of fire. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, which is what they're doing up here, because they're playing God. You, you could say, well, that didn't sound vain to me. Yes, it is. Because they're basically saying the Bible's wrong. I say it's wrong. Because God can't be that way. How much more vain could you get? When they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh. Because, see, their God, is you don't have to be accountable to their God. He'll take you, you know, whatever you want to do. You want to live like the devil. You want to worship, you know, whoever. Some demon, some idol or whatever. That's fine. He'll take you, he'll take you on your terms. Whereas, see, the God of the Bible, we have to go to him on his terms. It's his rule book. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the service of corruption. Isn't that what we just witnessed here? These wonderful people up there going and saying, oh, we're going to give you this liberty. Liberty to do whatever you want to. Liberty to, to worship God any way you want to. Liberty to create your own God, essentially. In fact, you are gods. So while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the service of corruption. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. They're hypocrites. They're the servants, they're, they're Satan's servants. They're the servants of corruption. And yet they come as angels of light. Wolves in sheep's clothing. For whom a, of a man is overcome, of the same he is brought into bondage. Do you know how many people that Oprah has overcome? Or the spirits that emanate and operate through her empire? Well, if you've been overcome by Oprah, you're in bondage. You're essentially bondage to the same spirits that rule over and guide her. Colossians 2.8 Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Again, this is all this is is their opinion. You know, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. When you have these people that go out there and say, oh, I believe, you know, God's a God of love and this and that, and, and I don't think he would send me to hell. What have you just done? You've just created your own religion. Okay? You've just essentially created a God that you're okay with, you know, dealing with. You've just created your own religion. And this is one of the main reasons that people end up in hell. Because they end up, because their opinion, because their heart deceives them, and they think, oh, you know, this or that. And, and, and they've just believed the lie, is what they've done. So beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy in vain deceit. After the tradition of men, which is all we got here, is this tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Well, that's where we're at right now. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. These ones that have departed from the faith are giving heed to these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils like what Oprah is putting out there. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their consciences seared with a hot iron. That's not a good place to be. Because if your conscience is seared with a hot iron, how do you get it unseared? Now, I understand Jesus Christ is capable of doing great and mighty things, but it's not, a, it's not an enviable position to find yourself in. Ephesians 5.11 And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That's what we're doing today. So, again, just to reiterate the things about the Gospel, again, John 3, 16 and 17 says, For the God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, it's believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not believing in some ethereal God that Oprah or Elkhart Tolle or anyone else talks about. It's very, very clear. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But see, you've got to go through him. 
Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he shall not see life. These types of things. So, we have to be born again through the Lord Jesus Christ, through His shed blood, His death, burial, and resurrection. And have the faith to believe this. It's not just some little prayer that you pray, and then you just go about your merry way and are totally unchanged. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, according to John 14, 6. Romans 5, 8, and 10 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. See, that's how we're justified, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that covers our sins. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through who? Through him, through Jesus Christ. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Remember on the video they were talking about, we're so, we're so holy that we just save ourselves? Come on! Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ for His mercy. By the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so if we go further, Acts 4, 10-12, Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even... By him doth this man stand here before you hold. This is when the apostles were, were healing and they were making this proclamation. This is the stone which was set at naught of the builders, meaning Jesus Christ, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, Oprah. Neither is there salvation in any other. So you have a choice to make. Either you can believe what Oprah's saying, or you can believe what the Bible says over and over and over and over again. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Must. That's it. Wouldn't you rather have it that way anyway? I mean, if there was a thousand ways, I mean, only one way can be right. Okay? The Bible is very clear on the way that we have to go. Okay, narrow is the way which leads to life eternal, few there be that find it. Although it's a free gift that you either freely choose to freely receive or freely reject, few there be that find it, unfortunately. And it's because of people like Oprah, El Cartoli, that Williamson lady, guys like Rick Warren, and a lot of the other apostate things going on in the world right now, that masses of people are going headlong or heading headlong straight to hell. And um, I'm going to end this part for now. We're going to we're going to pick up next, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Elkhart Tolley and these types of things.